Welcome to Market Matters, our markets podcast on making sense, the hub for JP Morgan corporate and investment bank podcasts. In this episode of Market Matters, we'll hear from the market data and positioning intelligence teams within our data assets and alpha group. They'll be talking about key macro, micro, and political themes in the context of our high-frequency trading data and proprietary signals from J.P. Morgan's markets business. Hi, I'm John Schlegel, and I'm joined by my colleague Andrew Tyler for another conversation about the macro and positioning backdrop for markets. We thought it could be useful to chat about some of the most frequently asked questions from our clients. To set the stage, on October 12th, JP Morgan hosted an investor seminar at the time of the 2022 IMF slash World Bank meetings to discuss the outlook for the economy and markets. In particular, investor sentiment toward the euro area was downbeat, as all respondents in a survey expect Europe to enter a recession. About half of respondents see more than a 2% contraction in GDP from peak to trough, and about half expect a 1% to 2% contraction. On the U.S. side of things, while few investors expect a recession before year-end, 90% anticipate a U.S. recession before the end of 2023. So Drew, with this as a backdrop, what are your views on U.S. recession probabilities? I know this has been one of the common questions you're getting lately. John, great to see you. Thanks for the question, which is actually one of the primary questions I do receive from clients. I do not think a recession is imminent given the strength of the consumer, corporate's balance sheets, and the labor market. In many recessions, they are led by the consumer, where economic stress reduces spending and can lead to a selling of assets due to loss of jobs. One way we use to track the consumer stress is via credit card delinquencies, as well as delinquencies for auto loans and mortgages. Currently, we are seeing these delinquency rates well below where they were in December of 2019 and significantly below level seen during the global financial crisis. Next, corporate cash piles for S&P 500 are about 27% higher than the averages we saw in 2019. Those cash levels will normalize over the coming quarters, but interestingly, S&P cash levels are not impacted by recessions. And the last point I would make is the labor market. With unemployment at 3.5% and there being more than 10 million job openings, this is not necessarily recessionary. If we were at or even approaching a recession, you would expect an unemployment rate to be closer to 5% and the number of job openings to be closer to about 1 million. So it sounds like the signs you see are not aligned with an imminent recession in the U.S. But do you think there are fairly good odds that we do see something by the end of next year? It's a really great question. And so when you look at market-based recession indicators, which includes things such as yield curve spreads, such as comparing the two-year yield versus the 10-year yield, or even the three-month yield versus the 10-year yield, both spreads are indicating that a recession is likely to occur at some point in time in 2023. From an economic fundamental perspective, we need to see weakness in both the consumer and corporate sectors. So this would look like something to the effect of job openings down to about the 1 million level or the unemployment rate to about 5%. I think both of those will probably take until 2024 to come to fruition. Could we see a technical recession similar to the first half of this year? I say technical recession as GDP growth was negative, but unemployment, consumption, and business investment all increased, which is why it may not be labeled an official recession. A technical recession is possible and could come from a surge in imports, similar to what happened in the first half of this year. John, from a positioning perspective, what are you seeing regarding client views on a recession? Thanks, Drew. When I look at positioning across investors, it seems like most are bracing for a recession or at least a continued slowdown. One of the still common questions is whether we've seen capitulation, and how much does positioning explain the recent market bounce? To us, it seems that positioning levels remain very low, despite the rally we've seen, although it's certainly been quite choppy. This is quite similar to what I mentioned in our prior conversation in late September. 
For example, fundamental equity hedge funds continue to maintain very low net leverage, which was back at five-year lows as of late October, while net flows among hedge funds of all stripes remain relatively cautious, with continued selling into strength. This is not dissimilar from what we saw in the first few weeks of July. Similarly, retail investors appear to be concerned given the selling of stocks among them has been slightly greater than what we estimated to be the case in March of 2020. Thus, in many ways, the rallies in October have been fairly frustrating for managers, and there's not been a willingness to chase the market. But the trend in positioning overall seems to be turning slightly positive, as the four-week change in aggregate positioning that we track in our tactical positioning monitor has started to turn positive in late October. Going back to what you mentioned, Drew, about it not being clear that we're heading for an imminent U.S. recession, the low positioning, combined with the lack of recession, would potentially indicate a bullish setup. To some extent, that might explain why U.S. equity markets rallied in October despite poor CPI data, big tech earnings misses, and a China sell-off. However, there seem to be good reasons for investors to remain conservative, as our signal from the noise indicator also remains firmly out of buy territory. In particular, the fundamental signal within the overall framework suggests a weak backdrop for stocks, which is in line with how investors are positioned. That being said, if fundamental metrics improve in the absence of a recession, then there could be more upside for markets given low positioning. However, if they don't improve, then we could continue to see choppy or even weak markets despite relatively low positioning. John, that's great. Thank you for the high-level overview. But is the conservative tone also reflected at a sector level? In many ways, yes. When we track combined flows across hedge funds, retail investors, in single stocks, and ETFs, we saw a very strong selling of cyclicals in the second quarter and again in September of this year. This is still reflected in the fact that on a three-month basis, consumer staples and utilities have the most positive net flows relative to other sectors. However, the tone of flows seems to be changing as staples is the most sold on a one-month basis, while some cyclicals like energy and industrials have seen their flows turn positive in the past month relative to other sectors, which is in line with their outperformance. However, the flows in both sectors don't appear particularly extreme, so we could see this positive momentum continue. Drew, from your standpoint, are there sectors you think can perform well if we're in this limbo period where a recession doesn't seem imminent, but could continue to be a concern for a while into next year? Absolutely. And the two sectors that stand out to me are energy and technology. With energy, the supply-demand dynamics are favorable for energy prices and thus energy equities to move higher. With tech, we saw the worst batch of earnings from mega-cap tech companies in more than a decade, and yet the NASDAQ 100 was up on the week. This speaks to me of resilience in the marketplace and the potential for buyers to step into tech at what they view as a discounted price. That's really interesting. If we get back to the topic du jour, though, Given that the Fed seemingly plays a role in any recessionary odds, what do you think of the Fed's upcoming actions? One question that I receive frequently is the probability of a so-called Fed pivot, what a Fed pivot would entail and how markets would react. So first, I'd like to define a pivot as moving from tightening to easing, then think the only way that something like that occurs is via a significant exogenous shock that requires the U.S. to increase fiscal spending, for example, NATO being drawn into a potential conflict. A more realistic change is the Fed reducing the magnitude of its rate hikes from 75 basis points to 50 basis points or even 25 basis points. And something like this could happen as soon as December. The market reaction for stocks would likely be positive, with the market thus believing that the end of the tightening cycle would occur within one to two meetings. This is important because once the market knows the terminal rate, aka the peak rate during this tightening cycle, from there, you can actually reprice all risk assets. The reduced bond volatility likely tightens credit spreads and supports equities. 
So given that backdrop, John, and the uncertainty surrounding the Fed, what have you seen recently? Are clients still degrossing into the Fed event? So questions around hedge fund degrossing have been quite common in recent weeks. And to be clear, what I mean by degrossing is active reductions in both longs and shorts, which can be another sign of risk aversion. Sometimes this can happen even when the actual levels of leverage are going up due to rising prices. And thus activity and risk levels can sometimes seem to be doing opposite things, although they're often quite related. Also, I note that a lot of these questions seem to be due to the challenging hedge fund performance in October. Our view is that while we have seen more challenging performance this month, the magnitude of active reductions has been fairly limited so far, and nothing like what we've seen at other times this year. That being said, we've highlighted in recent notes that degrossing and short covering could be a concern for hedge funds due to prior large additions in September that have yet to come off, and due to performance challenges among fundamental long short funds. Additionally, we're watching rates and the momentum factor, given these seem to be positively correlated to one another, but could potentially be a risk to hedge fund alpha, especially on the short side. Andrew, it's always great to catch up with you and compare our views. To summarize our key points, while clients seem quite concerned about a recession coming up and are somewhat positioning for it, the evidence does not seem clear that we're heading for one in the U.S. very quickly. That said, the overall view from the team, in line with our signal from the noise framework, is to stay neutral until we get clearer signs of fundamental improvement or capitulation. In addition, while a Fed pivot might not happen per se, if we get more clarity and confidence in what the terminal rate will be, then it could lead to lower volatility, which could support risk assets. Finally, from a sector standpoint, flows are starting to shift away from defensives towards cyclicals, but there could be more upside from a flow perspective in certain cyclicals like energy and industrials, while tech could also have upside. So thank you again, Drew, for sharing your views today. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to this podcast from our group. If you're enjoying this conversation, you can subscribe to stay on top of the latest industry news and trends. Follow JP Morgan's Making Sense on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. The views expressed in this podcast may not necessarily reflect the views of JP Morgan Chase and Co. and its affiliates. Together, JP Morgan. They are not the product of JP Morgan's research department and do not constitute a recommendation, advice, or an offer or a solicitation to buy or sell any security or financial instrument. This podcast is intended for institutional and professional investors only and is not intended for retail investor use. It is provided for information purposes only. Reference products and services in this podcast may not be suitable for you and may not be available in all jurisdictions. JP Morgan may make markets and trade as principal in securities and other asset classes and financial products that may have been discussed. For additional disclaimers and regulatory disclosures, please visit www.jpmorgan.com forward slash disclosures, forward slash sales and trading disclaimer.